Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to the Greatest Generation Deep Space Nine, a Star Trek podcast by a couple of guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison. I'm Adam Pranica. How you doing, Adam? Ben, I uh, if if it sounds like I'm a little bit happier than I usually am, a little <laughs> less burdened than normal, it's because uh, it's because you and I discussed last night. I finally deleted my Facebook. Hey, congrats! It's gone. Hey, that's a it's that's done. a big step. Yeah, yeah, I feel better now that it's done. You and I came Facebook. to the decision that uh, that it wasn't for us anymore. Facebook, the the many awesome groups that have formed around this show those are those are for our viewers. They aren't for us. We don't need to be there. It started to feel weird for us to interact there in some ways. Weird, but, but not like, the bad definition of weird. Just not healthy. I also think that getting off of Facebook in general is a good thing that most people should do. Yeah, as a as a business move, like as a right as a as a protest against what a garbage corporation Facebook is. Absolutely, yeah, and all of their products are. But yeah, like I. It's one of those things, right, where like I I love the existence of those communities and I would be really sad to see those communities dissipate for some reason like the company that runs the message board that they're on is a piece of garbage that is a threat to the democracy that we have previously enjoyed. <laughs> it's that, that would be sad. It's weird that like a hundred times out of a hundred these good ideas turn sour and get manipulated and perverted into bad things. And I don't, yeah. and I don't, and I mean like that, I mean that description in like the macro sense and not the micro sense of our nice fenced in garden right. that exists there that is well, actually good, like if, you know? If we, like looking at the fact that there's a large number of friends of DeSoto out there, you know, numbering in the thousands to tens of thousands range if we decided to like whip them up and weaponize them into something you know yeah which would be bad we would and, never and think we would to be do garbage that. people for making a decision like that we only whip them into uh into a froth about going to our live shows yeah that's all that's we like a, to do that's the one way we exploit the existence <laughs> of our listeristenership um, I'm truly grateful that so many people have found like good and peace and funny there i'm not in I'm it, not indicting any of those people or any of those groups to be clear right yeah it's uh but it's a personal decision I'm proud of you for making it and we're recording a bit early in the day for a greatest gen sure we're actually are. recording in the normal friendly fire time slot yeah so uh, yeah. if we just like suddenly start talking about a war movie, I hope uh, people people will forgive us. Cut to John Roderick still sleeping. <laughs> I'm drinking a, a smoothie instead of a glass of tequila. Did you make that smoothie? I did. Yeah. How about that? What do you yeah, got in there? Fired that thing? up the blender. What's your What's your breakfast smoothie? This is uh, one banana. Splash of OJ and some frozen 
tropical fruits and a couple of strawberries. Oh, look at you. That, yeah. uh, that sounds pretty nice. I would yeah, need so some it, protein in that to get me to lunch, though. I, I, I lived a smoothie life for a while, and I realized oh, yeah. very early on that the fruit smoothie is something that burns very fast in my body. Do you do a powder, or do you, like, crack a, a raw egg into your smoothie? Oh, I mean, either, if I, <laughs> if I have them available. Yeah. Or both? <laughs> How much is too much protein for one smoothie? I'll just drink the raw eggs while the smoothie is, is mixing together. <laughs> Save some time. Yeah. I love a while cocktail you're... with the, the egg white uh, consistency, though. So yeah. I wonder if that's a thing that happens in your smoothie. That must be oh, pleasant. Yeah. I, bet it would, I bet it would smooth it out. Yeah. You wouldn't have that thing where you could kind of like talk yourself into the idea that maybe the alcohol is killing any pathogens in the raw egg. I've never thought about it that way at all. I've never even considered <laughs> the idea that there was anything dangerous in a cocktail made with egg whites. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it used to be illegal in California. I don't know if it still is or mm. if if it's just unenforced but very early in my being interested in cocktails i had a, a cocktail with some egg white in it and the bartender was like you know i uh, actually shouldn't be making this for you and now in california they just have to serve that cocktail in a glass that's labeled the contents of this <laughs> container may kill you or cause yeah. cancer yeah the the uh, the egg in this glass is known by the state of california <laughs> <laughs> Uh, You're a true Californian because you can you can you can say that I, warning from memory. <laughs> I could pull that specific weird label that's on everything. I think that was like one of those one of those ballot initiatives that was like voted on by the public. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the things that have to have that label on them, like there's not actually that much basis in science for the warnings mm. on on some of that stuff. Mm. Because, like, what the state of California considers to be carcinogenic is, like, a way lower threshold than what, you know, the federal government considers to be carcinogenic. Oh, I interesting. I did not know that's, that. That's a half-remembered thing I heard maybe one time. <laughs> Please don't take that as the truth. <laughs> that's what we do on this show. We just exchange half-remembered bullshit between ourselves. <laughs> Oh, Adam, it feels good to be casting some pod with you. I, I feel like it's been a weirdly long time since we've recorded a Greatest Gen. Yeah, I think that's true. We've taken a little bit of a break. We thought we had enough runway to get through December. Turns we did out, not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out, like, my calendar was updated with two episodes that we had yet to record. So, yeah. fuck me, yeah. right? <laughs> you, were, uh, you were brimming with undue confidence. And uh, I thought I would tell you a little... I mean, not to belabor this Marin any longer than it already is, but uh, I thought I would tell you a moment that I was brimming with undue confidence that I've gotten from this show. Mm. I was in public doing bits, Adam. All I do is bits, bits, bits. No matter what, you're always doing bits, bits, bits. No matter what, you're always doing bits, bits, bits. I was doing bits. Bad bit moment. Bad bit moment. You should really have saved that for uh, your private time, Ben, <laughs> instead of being out in the world doing this. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying. The, the always doing bits segment has really 
has really captured the the imagination of the public. Something we didn't really realize until we started playing the the music on stage at live shows. Yeah. Whenever um, whenever we're feeling like we need a pop in an emergency yeah. kind of way, that's all we need to do is hit that button. There's now an unofficial Twitter account of bits that we do. Is there? Have you seen that? No. There's an unofficial Twitter account. I can't remember what the handle is, hmm. but I'm sure... I'm sure uh, people could find it if they look. Because everything but, uh, we say needs to be cataloged and organized. Yeah, yeah. Duh. I would say that the the core of this segment, which I think we got away from a little bit the last time we did it, and, and mostly I got away from the last time we did it, hmm? the core of this segment is that we think that we're funny to everyone and we're really just funny to each other. right. And uh, we've ruined each other, each other for polite society. So uh, that is, I had perfectly true. I had a uh, an example a couple of days ago that I've been cringing about every time I've thought about ever since. <laughs> I went down to the uh, the grocery store near my house, and I w- I was getting some provisions. I was going to cook some dinner, and I was going to cook something that involved black beans. And so I was in the canned goods aisle looking at at the different options for beans. And uh, I, a number of the bean cans were on sale. And uh, reading this tag aloud, I thought was going to like get everybody in the aisle cracking up with me. I go, uh, hey, look at this. These do- these beans are normally a dollar forty nine, and they're on sale for a dollar forty nine. Fits, fits, fits. And there's what. like two other people in the aisle with me that ignore me. Do not look up. Do not stop what they're doing. And I literally just like <laughs> grabbed a can of beans and left. It literally they printed out a sale tag that said zero percent off. It actually said that. Is this something that you took a picture of? I wish I had. I was. I. I had to get out of there, man. I ben, I would have set my basket on the ground and just walked out of the store. <laughs> I, I. I basically. I came. I came as close to doing that as I could while still getting the groceries I needed. Oof, that's pretty and, rough. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's that performative volume that a person talks at when they're doing a bit too, like when they're trying yeah. to gather people into earshot. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, like you guys all know me. I'm quite funny. Oof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that, Ben. That is a yeah. that's a bit that didn't work. But I have a story of a bit that really did. One of the rare bits in the wild. All right. That worked for everyone. Uh, you and I have been traveling a lot recently for work, and uh, I've tagged a few trips onto my calendar that had been for play and i was in the airport a couple of days ago and uh i've been i've been using clear clear is the clear is like upgraded pre-check that you use your fingers for right you just uh, it's a it's a way that you pay a corporation a hundred dollars to have biometric data on you but then you don't have to pull your id out of your wallet when you're at the airport (laughs) seems like a great trade right (laughs) <laughs> uh, clear, not a sponsor of Greatest Gen. Uh, this is not branded content, certainly. But uh, so I go through on one of my more recent trips. I I went through the clear, which is the the checkpoint part, and then I went into uh, the lounge. Also, you know, now that I've I've 
I've started telling this story, I realize how bougie this travel experience is. <laughs> like having gone through clear and then and then going to the lounge. But here's where it gets funny. I uh, I step up to the to the check in desk at the lounge, and they also use clear to check you in. And yeah. so I stick my fingers up on the finger reader, and. Boy, oh boy, my fingers are just not reading at this reader, and I'm like rolling them across the thing again and again, and the guy's the guy's starting to get a little frustrated by the situation, and I was like, boy, must have left my good fingers at the TSA. All I do is... Bits, bits, bits. And it just like, it blows him back in his chair... The person who like stands by the door heard it. They start laughing. The person next to the person I told that to starts laughing. It is like, yeah. I just, I blew their heads off. All of them. Three headshots. Oh, Bang, man. bang, bang. I think that if you wear a uniform and sit at a desk at an airport and are a representative of an airline, like such a high percentage of your interactions are super negative. Yeah because people are angry that their flight got delayed or whatever, that like any amount of just like frivolity or niceness is, you know, they eat that shit up. Yeah, like the idea that someone could be jovial in that interaction, which is what I brought to it, certainly. Ben, I even got the guy behind me, just the the civilian behind me started laughing, and that's (laughs) what made me feel the best is because it wasn't just a bits on tips situation. It was, yeah, I got that guy too. That's great. Yeah. Well, I, I have one more on my little uh, my little buck slip that I write these down on. Do you want? Uh, yeah. Do you want one more bit before we sandwich get into my show? sandwich my bit, Ben? Make it the meat in this bit sandwich. Occasionally, I will do a bit on my wife. That is, and just don't. Don't even try. It's very unpredictable ben. because sometimes, like, I, I don't even say, do bits on your wife. It's it is totally unpredictable whether she'll think I'm hilarious or I'm a fucking idiot. It's unpredictable in a way that I find tantalizing. I love to make <laughs> her laugh. She has like one of the great laughs. And, it's why we remain. Yeah. But also like, you know, there's an inevitable percentage of bits that fall super flat or make her angry at me. <laughs> And uh, the other day I was driving around doing some errands and we just uh, we just changed what car we have because the car that we had before was a loner and we, uh, we, we really needed something that was actually ours and wasn't the most horrible thing in the entire world. Ben, can I just jump in here to say that like you can tell that you're a real Carmen for, for the terminology you used for buying a new car. <laughs> <laughs> because no one ever describes it as changing what car we have. <laughs> you are a delight. I uh, I mean, I love the idea had... of you guys walking onto a onto a dealership lot and being like, "Hello, one change of cars, please." <laughs> we'll give you this one. You give us that one. Deal. Um, anyways, I was driving around doing some errands and I come to, I had this weird day where I saw no fewer than three pretty rugged car accidents. Oh. And like one of, one of them was pretty like lightweight. It was just like merging, you know, on a city street and two cars made some contact. The second I was like, 
I was like in the left turn lane at a four way intersection and watched a Tesla and like a Honda Civic with primer on one of the door panels just do a full head on collision when the Civic was trying to turn left across traffic and the Tesla was powering through. Oh no. And then like later in the day, I watch like the exact model and make of car that we have get T-boned by a bright green Mustang convertible in an intersection that I go through like all the time. So I was like, I was holy shit and was sitting there and I had like a clear vantage point. So I just snapped a pic of the like banged up facsimile of our car. It was like same color, same everything. And I said, I should send it in a text to my wife and say, I messed the car up, frowny face emoji. All I do is bits, bits, bits. No matter what. Whoa. <laughs> Boy, was she mad at me. Mad at me for 48 hours. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I love that. Do you have any regrets? Yeah. I hope you don't. That, that is. How often do you get an opportunity like that is the question I ask, but also it's like an opportunity to stick your dick in a blender, you know? Ben, that's got to go on your mouth a bit more, I think. <laughs> that's that's a top four bit right there. Wow. So, and damn the consequences also. Like, you see, <laughs> you see a shot like that, you got to take it. <laughs> Here's the one way where that I could see being legitimately not cool is if is if there was ever a question about you being injured. Yeah. Like that's no, I, not a fun thing to play with. I mean, I didn't I didn't imply I mean, I I thought that the tone of my text was sufficiently cheeky that right. the implication would would never be drawn that I was hurt. Yeah. But uh but yeah, she was real she was real <laughs> rattled by it nonetheless. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Great one. Great Anyways. bit. Yeah. I fully Maybe, endorse uh, that bit. Sometimes doing a bit on the wife works, sometimes it does not. <laughs> wow. That's quality content for the Marin Open, Ben. <laughs> what, do you, a, what do you say? That I, was a big heap in Marin. Yeah. That's, that's value right there. Value for your uh, show-watching dollar, I'd say. I think this is our... Uh, this episode comes out on December 24th, so we got to reward the people for, uh, you know, sneaking away to take a very long poop and listen yeah. to our show. This one goes out to all our bathroom listeners. <laughs> Luxuriating while their legs fall asleep. Yeah. All right. Well, one episode that uh, definitely keeps you on your toes is one Deep Space Nine Season 3, Episode 18, Distant Voices. Do you realize how incredible this is? <laughs> no, of course This is don't. another episode that opens with a Bashir and Garrick lunch hang. And uh, it seems like they have like kind of a standing weekly hang, right? I feel like it, it, its frequency has changed. It used to be more frequent, I thought, like a regular oh, really? breakfast. But yeah, I think I'm with you on this. One thing I really admire about you is that you establish routine hangs with with friends of yours like you you're you have a really good sense of like how to practice friendship <laughs> i have like friends that i haven't seen in months and never call on the phone 
And you actually like you make the effort, and I like that about you. Well, I I mean, let's make one thing perfectly clear: I'm not calling anyone on the phone, <laughs> nor am I answering said phone. If someone else were to call, yeah, but uh, but you do like uh, you know, oh, we'll go get a taco once a week and have a hang. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Uh, good friendship hygiene. It works. I guess I bring this up because. Garrick is uh, giving Bashir a birthday present. It's like not actually his actual birthday, but it's close enough. Yeah, the mistake Garrick makes, though, is that he gives the gift that he would like to receive himself instead of thinking of the recipient. Right. Yeah, but but you also know that Garrick is always thinking of things on many levels. So what? Mm. Like he might be playing some. He's long playing game that we birthday just... chess instead of birthday checkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that might be the case. <laughs> There's like a oblique reference to Bashir's preference for a mystery of a certain kind versus a mystery of the Cardassian kind. Which is yep. the hollow sweet program that Garrick has given him. It would be really fun to see Bashir do like a Dixon Hill mystery that we've actually seen before. <laughs> like, oh, this is like a product that Picard is... Like, anybody with an English accent in the Trek universe loves Dixon Hill for some reason. That is a great idea. Like, like rebuild all of those sets. Bring back all of those bit actor parts. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Hey, I'd be into that big time. I don't know who I am. I'm Cyrus Redblock. Well, they're interrupted very rudely by uh, your buddy Quark, who's got a... He's trying to broker a a sale of biomimetic gel for a creepy alien named Altovar. Altovar is, uh, has got a, uh, a particularly scary type of loaf. You know, a type of loaf that just says villain. Yeah, uh... Altivar sort of has a sarlacc type of mouth, I think. Mm. Like he's yeah. got teeth around teeth. It's a scary look, you know? And uh, he's asking for this biomimetic gel. Bashir kind of politely explains that not only is the sale of bi- biomimetic gel like a, uh, a very carefully controlled and regulated scenario, but even trying to obtain it illegally is considered a felony. And Quark's like, I know, I'm doing a felony. <laughs> He's also doing a felony. Why is Quark not arrested right then and there? And Altovar. He's clearly under duress, though. Like, he doesn't want to be asking this question, and I think Bashir can tell. Bashir yeah. uh, also, like, on the heels of this conversation with Garrick, is a little pissy about his birthday, and so he's like, he kind of, What? <laughs> Altovar? <laughs> like, when, when the question gets asked, and I think that... Yeah. I think that pisses Altivar off enough to have sort of become the inciting incident for what's to come. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of that thing where they try to go back to their conversation and then Quark is like, hey, why aren't you eating at my place? Why are you eating over here? Because <laughs> the food really sucks like. there, Quark. Get it together. He says he, he says he changed the menu. They haven't even tried the new menu. <laughs> Gonna have to ask Morn what his thoughts are on that menu. I yeah, bet he, I yeah, bet he's a yeah. guy who liked it the way it was. Yeah, it's Kim. He's never gonna shut up. He's, and you know, Morn just has very low standards. He, he eats at that hungry heifer all the time. You think he's still filled with darts? Like, I don't think we ever <laughs> saw those darts being removed from his body. 
Yeah. If you ever like, if if you ever turned around, you would just see that the his back is <laughs> riddled with them. Maybe that's what makes him such a good lover is that uh, his skin is naturally desensitized so as to make <laughs> make it last longer. <laughs> I think we're learning more and more about him. He doesn't need to use his and hers KY jelly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't want to get those confused, Ben, that's for sure. No. It'd be bad. Well, uh we go to uh we go to title and when we come back, Bashir is like wandering back to Six Bay, which apparently closes and you know, shuts down when he's not there. <laughs> which I thought was kind of surprising, like that's the medical facility on Deep Space Nine. What if he's like on vacation or on a de- on a defiant mission? Like, is there literally nothing going on in Six Bay? If you if you break your arm, do you just have to wait? He should really have one of those paper signs with the little clock and the hands that you <laughs> that you stick. Like, we'll be back in fifteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be he finds that on the floor, and that uh, as he. <laughs> Enters. Uh, there's Altavar tossing the uh, the medicine cabinet in uh, in Bashir's office. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? When did you get here? I'm sad. And when Altavar turns around, uh, do you remember the the interplanetary rubber band men mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. where the guys had lightning hands? Yes. Altavar kind of has that, but he he instead of doing it to chest, he does it to head. Yeah, you don't want to be the head in the middle of that lightning. Yeah. Ben, Altivar is legitimately scary. Like, and as a creature design, I feel like Star Trek really did something great with him as a, as yeah. a Lethian. He's our first and I think only Lethian we'll ever see. But boy, he's, he's terrifying. He's big and he shoots lightning out of his hands. I would love to see Lethians be a going concern. Yeah. Yeah, they look like a lot of work, though. That's the trouble. I did really feel bad for this actor. Just, like, the loaf is so intense yeah. and so compromising of mouth Yeah, that I was trying to imagine, like, what he does when they break for lunch. <laughs> they, like, throw an In-N-Out burger in a blender and let him suck it through a straw or something. He's definitely a, a Bubba tea straw alien at, at Crafty, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> You got any uh, any any Bubba at the bottom of that smoothie, Ben? That's what you got to do. Boba. <laughs> I always call it Bubba because it's very irritating for people. Yeah, it is really irritating. Just really clangs, huh? Yeah, it, it's like a redneck redneck tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you think's at the bottom of uh, of redneck Bubba tea? <laughs> Just. Uh, what are those? Uh, what are those chewing tobacco pouches? Oh, uh, dip. Yeah, <laughs> it's just dip down there. Yeah, pretty gross. <laughs> Sucking dip through a straw. Ugh. Uh, Bashir comes to in his tossed infirmary, and uh, and nothing's working. The computer's all flickery. The screens are flickering. Uh, his yeah. com badge doesn't work. This begins a long period of time in this episode where the lighting becomes very gloomy and moody. And uh, I really like that about it. Like the tone of this episode is a shift away from what we normally get in a way that I appreciated. I had a question for you, Ben, a production question, which is when you shoot monitors 
it is important to calibrate those monitors against the frame rate of the camera you're shooting. Otherwise, yeah. you'll get uh, either strobing or like a run, right? Like a line that runs up the screen very slowly. That'll happen sometimes if that's miscalibrated. But it made me wonder, like, if you're making lights flicker, how mindful you need to be about the flicker versus the frame rate. And it almost looks like a couple of these flickers are in post instead of in scene. Did you get that feeling? Oh, interesting. I didn't notice it as that, but I wouldn't be surprised if you have to be a little judicious with what you're doing practically, but yeah. you can always add some some black frames in later. thought they did a good job with it in this episode. Yeah, it's nice. Bashir is, uh, is real creeped out because Deep Space Nine is basically empty, and he you know, starts kind of wandering around the promenade, goes into quarks, and uh, I really like this scene because you can kind of hear the Lethian raging around somewhere in the deep in the bar, but you do, you don't ever see him. You do see Quark like cowering behind, uh, just like totally terrified. And this is the first hint that we get that like. Bashir is not alone, but something is very strange about the station because Quirk does not really seem to be himself, despite how smashy, you know, like like he, he's not reacting in a way that kind of reads as Quirk, right? For this for this scenario, nor is it like the version of Quirk we find uh, when someone interacts with the prophets, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not just the infirmary that has been tossed. The Quark's bar set is in the process of being tossed yeah. as Quark cowers. Like, it's full-on bar stools being thrown. Yeah. At some point, uh, Bashir, like, walks up to a replicator, and there's just, l- like, a stream of urine coming out of it. <laughs> he sticks his hand in <laughs> and smells it. What are you doing, Bashir? It looks especially pungent because it's so yellow. Yeah, that's a... That's somebody who is like very dehydrated and has also eaten a bunch of asparagus, just ripping a piss into the <laughs> into the replicator. That's someone who's enjoyed a couple of uh, broad drinking vitamins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've talked about those on the show, right? Yeah, broad. Not a sponsor of the show, but really should be. You you discovered this this uh, it's a pill that you take as, as you drink your second drink of an evening in which you. Uh, you know, forecast that you will partake quite a bit of alcohol and it's supposed to relieve your hangover the next day. It works. What they don't say on the package is that it also makes your urine smell like toxic waste the next day. <laughs> uh, fair trade <laughs> is what I'll say about that. I've been, I'm getting over a cold and I've been doing those like vitamin C packets that you like yeah. rip open and dump into a... a a glass of water. Yeah. And uh, same effect, mm. which I never had before. But ever since I've had those broads, now <laughs> now emergency also makes my pee smell like toxic waste. If we so were, thanks, Adam. If we were to realize that broad is doing permanent damage to us, I think I don't think that would discourage us from their use. <laughs> it's like smoking in the 50s. Like broad has like a guy in a, in a lab coat in their TV commercial. Like... I prefer Brode, the safest drinking vitamin. Hey, Brode, get at us. We'll do some ads for you. 
Yeah, this is going great, right? This ad is over. <laughs> I let him just beep out the brand name. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, because I don't want I don't want them to get it for free before they pay us. They know who they are. There's only there's only one drinking vitamin on the market you can buy on Amazon. <laughs> Golden cotton, the Golden cotton. So he also runs into Garrick. I think uh, what is he in like the security? security room when he runs into Garrick. Yeah, yeah. Who seems and, uh, equally as panicky about the circumstances. Garrick is an interesting character to be to be running into here because of all the people on the station. We know that he's like very capable when the station is not acting according to spec, you know. We saw that in the uh in the lockdown episode where the station was gonna kill everybody to put down a Bajoran riot it perceived to be happening and uh, and they're talking about like where is everybody like what the what situation could possibly have led to the station being for all intents and purposes empty and as badly damaged as it is and and that's a big puzzle right because like the doctor is it's like 28 days later you know he's just waking up and discovering that he is in a in a nightmare world and he's not getting like super satisfying answers from Garrick as to like what might have happened. Like Garrick is puzzling through it just at the same level that he is. There have been times when circumstances similar to these have happened on the enterprise D I'm thinking specifically of like the one, one, zero, one, zero, one, one, zero episode and maybe the one where uh, the crew de-evolves. Sure. What is it about that circumstance on that ship that is more scary than what is happening on DS9? I couldn't really put my finger on it. Like, not to skip <laughs> to the end here, but like we know this is a fantasy and isn't real, but there's a squicky kind of skin crawly nightmare feeling on the ship that just doesn't seem to be present on the station i don't know why that is i wonder if it's because of what we know about the station's proximity to civilization you know bajor is right there it's not out in a super remote part of space where nobody can easily get to it that is a great answer it's where people go to that's a tuxedo quality answer right there ben (laughs) Like, you were right on it with that. <laughs> Ian Garrick split up, but uh, but Bashir then finds a McLaughlin group Issue one. already taking place. And it's Dax, Odo, I'm Mr. O'Brien. I am Chief Miles Edward O'Brien. And Kira. And uh, this is uh, another s- scenario that seems very strange. Like, it's not... There's no chain of command in this McLaughlin group. Kara does not appear to be in charge, nor does anybody else. We should mention at this point that uh, that Bashir has been salt and peppered a little bit up to this point and is now looking full-on Ronnie Coxie. I don't know what you're talking about. In this scene. Yeah. Like, he's he's been aging. He's been aging. I think they actually used the exact same prosthetics that they used on DeForest Kelly in the first episode of TNG. Yeah, they went to the Science Fiction Museum and uh, closed that exhibit, pulled it off of the rack. (laughs) It is an unfortunately bad age makeup. 
One of those ones where I like wanted it to be an HD for perverse, see how bad it really is reasons. You got some reason you want my atoms scattered all over space, boy. It's kind of a Gap Girls thing happening because that old age makeup is only making the Lethian look that much better just in comparison, right? Yeah, that's a great point. And and he keeps running into the Lethian like he's on the elevator at one point and the Lethian like reaches its hands in and uh, he like kicks the guy's fingers. Um, it's it's legitimately terrifying. And I feel like hand loaf is something that Trek has failed at previously. Right. But this hand loaf is good and scary. The hand loaf you frequently see on Star Trek looks like dog penis. <laughs> and they really do a much much better job this time around yeah it's a remarkably dog dickless hand loaf situation the idea they come up with during this mclaughlin group and we should be clear like there's a fair amount of inf- there's a mclaughlin group-esque amount of fighting happening at this mclaughlin group like Pat yeah. Buchanan is yelling over Eleanor Clift. <laughs> John McLaughlin himself is struggling to, to keep control of the conversation. It's it's really going off right now. If, if the Obama administration were that powerful, I'm to think maybe I would. Julian, there you are. Where have you been? Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, the hardest talk, really. <laughs> Doesn't doesn't seem like a uh, a bipartisan <laughs> agreement is is uh, fomenting in this situation. Everybody's kind of pointing fingers at everybody else. Like, you know, the chief is pissed at Odo that security didn't prevent whatever happened. Odo is pissed at, at the chief for not having fixed everything. And this is when Bashir starts to kind of figure out that this is a weird situation and and you know he's like he asked the computer to to scan everybody in the room for Mm -hmm. for uh anomalies which i love the way he phrases this because the computer can be forgiven for not telling him anything like if he's the only one that's actually in the room he's gonna get back uh, a result that you know reveals nothing to him (laughs) but he doesn't realize that yet yeah because like what we come to understand is that this is like a solipsistic nightmare these are all parts of his personality being represented to him and he's in a coma and every character represents a an element of his personality. I love that the characters kind of resent this, this implication <laughs> right away. What the hell's going on here? Especially O'Brien. O'Brien's like, give me that, that tricorder and then like holds it like a slice of pizza in front of himself. <laughs> Yeah, he he, uh, he holds it like the uh, the pizza with the with the cheese in the crust. Yeah, that's a great call. <laughs> that's perfect direction right there. Yeah, they're they're like, Colin, you know the pizza that just came out this year that has cheese in the crust. And he's like, Yeah, it's fucking spectacular. <laughs> the plan is uh, let's all go to the cargo bay where O'Brien can find some gear in there to get the station going again. That's when the revelation comes out that uh, they're all members, uh, they're all figments of his imagination. And the station is not, is not the station, it's his mind. It's like a, it's a construct in his head that represents his brain. And the sabotage is about the cascade of damage that is being caused by the Lethian. Like the, the, the warf lightning that went into Bashir's head is having 
a lingering effect and continuing to degrade his brain while he's in this coma. We get one of the classic don't you see style monologues here. If I could only go through every teleplay that's ever been written on Star Trek and find and remove don't you see as a line of dialogue. <laughs> you have found 700 examples. There's transcripts of uh, of all these scripts online. I'd, I'd be I'd be interested to see what the number of don't you sees in yeah, Star Trek is. That's a definite thing. Do you th- I think Deep Space 9 might have a higher instance of those than TNG, yeah. right? I think so. It's a little more explainy. Well, while uh, while he is on this jag, the Lethian grabs Jedzia and just like hauls her through a door, which begins a series of character disappearances that become like increasingly freaky. Like this is weirdly like the least freaky of them, right? Yeah, Dax really gets King Konged by the Lethian too. <laughs> like all you hear is her screaming, and she's like kicking out of his arms. Yeah. Yeah, and then he throws a barrel at Bashir. <laughs> to be quite honest about it, I was in a pair. I'm fucking a pair. Mr. Bucket, I have to revert back to my living state. I don't use the bucket anymore. The thinking is that all of these characters represent different Bashir behaviors. So uh, Dax, who was taken away, represented like a confidence and adventure sense of being for Bashir. O'Brien representing doubt or disbelief. Kira is clearly aggression. Uh, Odo would be suspicion or fear. And, uh, Paranoia. And the group together comes up with the hypothesis that the Lethian is representing the telepathic damage done to Bashir's mind, and the station would be the representation of that mind. So he's gotten his sense of adventure taken away from him. Yeah. And then, like, it's one of those trick cuts where suddenly he's playing racquetball with Garrick. Yeah. I feel like the rules of this scenario are like fairly dreamlike in a way that I like. You know, at one point he like breaks his hip, but then a couple scenes later that's not a factor in a way that that, you know, that would happen in a dream, you know, like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I broke my hip." And then like two two dream beats later you're like, <laughs> you know, running after a unicorn or something. Hey, man, this isn't the sort of show where we share our dream beats with each other. (laughs) This is, uh, you'll notice in this scene, Ben, and we've talked about it a bunch before, how difficult it is to shoot racket sports. There are a number of swings that don't show a ball. Like there's out of frame tennis ball happening here. And I think that's very intentional. Yeah. You never see a rally, right? It's like like Bashir will get one over the net and then Garrick hits it back right into the net cuz it's unless you're you know a pretty talented tennis player acting and playing tennis at the same time or you know it's like walking and chewing gum you just don't want to do it right so Garrick's advice is that they get to ops uh, that, because that's like naturally the place to begin any sort of repair of the station if the station represents your mind you want to go to the you, you want to go to the control center to get back control of it. And uh, like any horror movie, they decide to split up. And <laughs> Bashir is uh, creeping through some hallways on his way to ops in a way that doesn't make sense, right? Like, But I guess works in, in dream logic. Like you would never go into the habitat ring to get to ops. Yeah. But that's where he is when he runs into Cisco. And uh, 
Like at this point, he knows that everybody is just a representation of something to him. So Cisco is doctoring and Bashir's like, oh, I get it. You're my professionalism. Duh. Big whoop, Cisco. Not impressed. And then Cisco gets King Konged through the wall. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and this is raising the stakes, right? Because it's just he's standing next to a bulkhead and gets pulled right through it. Yeah. You know? It's not like he gets hauled through a doorway. It's like uh, it, the... You know, the Lethian can can move through walls now. <laughs> yeah, and the truth of the circumstance, after having a couple of examples of this, is that the Lethian's just toying with him. Like, he can take pieces off the table whenever he wants to. Phasers don't work on him because Bashir tries shooting him. And yeah. Altavar makes the threats the threat to him that he's going to just take him apart and torture his mind and then kill him at the end of it. And then we get a pretty fun red eyes to commercial. Yeah. Those, uh, those red contact lenses on Altavar are terrifying. Looking good. After the commercial, Bashir is almost totally enveloped in a burlap sack. <laughs> you treat her like a lady. She'll always bring it home total burlap coverage yeah kira and odo are dead or odo's dying right he's like he's like half puddled on the floor yeah in a fun way and so the logic of this is that uh bashir is running out of time yeah they know this because they see a monitor of him uh en route to ops that's showing his diminishing vitals not looking good i'm dying i could have told you that just by looking at you not looking good. Yeah, there's that one point where O'Brien gets the comms back, but it's just just receiving, and he's just hearing people talk about him in the room where he's uh, where he's in the coma. Does it, it, did you get the sense that they could like ever turn back to that, or was that the only glimpse they got of what was going on in the outside world? Boy, I don't know. It sure never seems like it's on the table. That would have been nice, right? Check in again. See what it, see see what it says. Yeah, it might provide some information useful to Bashir at this point. But yeah, he's he is not taking the most direct route to ops because he finds himself in Quarks, looking at a dying, even older version of himself on a slab, and people are are betting on different ways he might die or whatever. Quark is is uh, serving as the bookie. Yeah, you can bet on anything here. Which which organ fails first? Yeah. It was good to see Quark back in good spirits, right? Yeah. Yeah, back where he belongs. <laughs> yeah. Except for uh not for long because dead dead Bashir on the slab turns into a live choky Lethian who mm. kills Quark. Yeah. And this is where Bashir breaks his hip, right? Cuz he's like running away from this scenario. Garrick helps him to helps him to ops and uh what he wants to do is repair the central computer on on the logic that that's the uh, the analog for fixing his brain. Right. Things are getting more and more unhinged as we go. And Bashir's arrival to Ops is really the beginning of of that. Like he looks full on like Chuck Yeager now. <laughs> He's greeted by a Bajoran woman, uh Marilyn Monroeing him. Happy birthday. Mr. President. With a birthday song. Boy, she has like a Marge Simpson amount of hair, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All of the computer panels are filled with tennis balls. 
Uh, Bashir keeps falling over and falling over again. I don't know how he stood at all with a broken hip, but uh, it's theater of the mind stuff, so. Dream logic stuff. And Garrick is growing more and more on team. Why don't you just give up? And this hips Bashir to the idea that maybe Garrick isn't on his side at all. Yeah, he goes, uh, it's my party and I'll repair the central computer if I want to. You would repair the central computer if it was your brain. I don't know if there's any way to repair this this <laughs> Deep Space Wilson or whatever. <laughs> You know tennis ball brands, Ben. Hop in here and help anytime. Uh, Wilson is a tennis ball brand. You're right. All right. Great. You, you did good. I feel like Wilson is irrevocably associated with volleyballs now, though. Yeah. Yeah. They've been it typecast. It's much more of a tennis brand than a volleyball brand. But if you say a, a Wilson, what do you think of? You think of a volleyball. That's what happens when you've been ball typecast, Ben. <laughs> Ben Garrick is Altavar. Altavar is Garrick. Need my sister and my daughter. Time for a hot shower. I always suspected as much. Altavar knows all about Bashir, and he takes like like any bad guy. He takes a moment to monologize Bashir and humiliate him over his many mistakes that he's made in his life. Yeah, I love the way Altavar points at Bashir's temple using his thumb. Yeah nail because his thumbs are like extra long and have like a creepy velociraptor Just nail like, on them. You do not want to share cocaine with Altivar because his shovels are like Yeah. They're You'll like fucking OD on your first bump. <laughs> <laughs> but but like I, I love that because like this guy is in this loaf, right? And he's like, what what would this alien species do to point? They would use this, not, yeah. you know, they wouldn't use their index finger. They would use their thumb because it's a more, like, specific point that they're making. It's good character really work like here. That. Yeah. What are you doing now? The thing that Bashir hits on is that uh, that Ops is maybe the center of the station in the real world, but the center of the station in his world is, in fact, the infirmary, back where he started. So he kind of gives Altavar the slip and uh, winds up back in Six Bay, where Altavar is also, because dream. Right. Get away from that panel. Oh, what? And he starts, like, monkeying with the computer... And uh, gets a little bit of control back. He puts a force field around Altavar, an annular force field. Oh, there you go. You know what I was thinking about the other day? Remember how we like found out the definition of annular? Yeah, it was ring-like. Yeah. Do you think that etymologically it's related to the word anus? Absolutely. That's Ben. I thought the that was the joke the theme? whole time. I didn't, I, I didn't even hit on that until, like, days later. <laughs> Everything on this show has to do with a dick or a butt. Don't you know that? We've done 250 episodes. Somehow that's always a surprise to me. <laughs> that's why it stays funny, you know? 
because comedy is all all about uh, you know defying your expectations. Right. Yeah. At this point, he's got Altavar where he wants him. It doesn't seem like Altavar can win. But Bashir also gets on his high horse, you know, like Altavar is saying, like, why did you fi- like fail to be the number one in your class in medical school? You're ashamed of yourself. You never you never actually put the moves on Jadzia, all this stuff. And Bashir is like, what is this? A psychic attack or a therapy session? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, who's torturing who at that moment? Yeah, that's uh, that's the bumper sticker that Bashir has the back on the back of his prefia. It's a it's a picture of Altivar and and it says who tortured whom. <laughs> oh, thanks for correcting my grammar there. Also, that was nice. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know if I'm right about that. Fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, Bashir wakes up. He comes to looking youthful on a triangular pillow. Yeah, and uh, we are back where we started. Bashir and Garrick having uh, their breakfast or lunch or whatever. And uh, it turns out that the attack that Bashir suffered is nearly always fatal. So uh, Bashir uh, is unusual for having survived it. And uh, he and Garrick debate whether that's luck or something else hmm. at play. Yeah. Does Bashir read as 30 years old to you? I mean, I have... I am I'm famously unable to judge the ages of anyone. So I I don't know. Like he he looks like he's our age and we're not 30. I'm 35 and you're almost 40. I know. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I think we're looking great. Yeah. What did you think about Bashir riding hard for staying in the friend zone with Jedzia? I think there's an awkward kind of revisionist history happening here Uh where Bashir makes the case that his relationship to Dax is one of friendship and that is a friendship he wouldn't trade for anything. But a breath before that, he says that he will always keep the candle lit for her. It's hard for me to believe that anyone who is infatuated with a friend could also be just their friend and be satisfied with that state of being as if there wouldn't be any sort of like latent manipulation happening Mm -hmm. to encourage a more than friendship situation. I guess that's where my mind went. It's like, sure, that's saying that you're happy with a friendship and you wouldn't trade it for anything seems like the sort of lie that someone tells themselves when they're in a situation where they want to be something more with someone and yet can't. Yeah. Yeah. Made me sad. Yeah. But then again, I feel like he knows that she's not into him in that way. Yeah. And so maybe what he needs is a way to rationalize it to himself that he's not going to pursue it. It's okay to be infatuated with someone and not do anything about it because you're friends and to do so would mean wrecking that. Like, I'm not trying to say that there's anything wrong with with keeping that candle lit. He sure has come full circle, hasn't he? Yeah. In that regard, like he is not like to to begin as the creep that he was and end up in the <laughs> in the healthy relationship that he has is pretty great. Yeah. Good job by him. Yeah. Did you like this episode, Ben? I did. Uh, I think that, you know, like the episode with O'Brien jumping forward five hours in time seems thematically similar to this, Mm. but maybe a little less successful in execution. 
You know, like, I think that the major hit against this episode is the aging makeup, and I feel like they could have done some other effect to to visually describe how close to death he is. Yeah. Because they did not nail it with the old man makeup. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I can just see Bill Tilly's card with a picture of burlapped Bashir, and the caption, <laughs> did not nail it. <laughs> Um, I don't want to call Tilly shots He can do what he wants But uh, god that's funny But you know he's Thematically like it's it's an Interesting idea and The logic of it all hangs together Nicely because you can Couch a lot of it in dream logic Which is you know like there's There's parts where you know when he and Garrick are like Let's go to ops like that's where we go And then Bashir goes on a totally crazy non-direct route and Garrick just goes somewhere else and that's like not explained. Like that was my original Shimoda before I knew what was going on in the episode because I was yeah. like, why would they split up? Where did Garrick even go? Right. Like he didn't even go out the door of the security. It doesn't make sense that he wouldn't because that's the only way to get out of there. Yeah. Boy, dream. you're right. Dream logic really gets you off the hook in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it's a it's a smart and good use of dream logic and not a crutch use of dream logic right. for me. So yeah, I really liked the episode and I thought uh I love the idea of Bashir being a great enough doctor that he can solve his brain problem from the inside out. I wish I had that fucking skill. <laughs> Boy, no kidding. My therapist stopped using my insurance. Oh no. I'm on my own here, man. <laughs> oh no, Ben. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. And my insurance is going to change in three months because my wife just got a new job, so it doesn't even really make sense to try and like get started up with somebody new because I'll just have to change again. Did you have a last session with your therapist? Wherein I did. That, were there any? This doesn't have to go in the show, but like, did he give you any tools for the the interim that that you could use? Anything useful, like for the break? No. Fuck. Um. We 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 talked about like the progress I had made and and the things that I still have uh, a lot of work to do on mm-hmm. and uh, I think that was good to get and she said you know if I start up with somebody else she'd be happy to you know if I sign a piece of paper giving permission she'll like get on the phone with them and try and bring them up to speed. Wow. Get a load Which of this guy. You really <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> yeah. This guy's always doing bits. <laughs> Thinks he's funny. I don't think he's here for therapy at all. He's just here to do bits on us. <laughs> and in its own way, that is therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. Makes him feel good. So I sit and endure it for 45 minutes a week and get paid to. Adam, did you like the episode? I did like I liked parts of the episode, but like overall, this is an this is a move along home like example of Star Trek doing fantasy when what Star Trek really does best is science fiction fantasy. And yeah. like putting that hat on top of its own hat doesn't usually work. And I don't think in that way it worked particularly particularly well here but like some of the highlights for me are Bashir acting better than his makeup he is he is wearing a shroud that makes him look pretty silly but his 
old acting I thought was really good. Like if you if you watch him closely, his shakiness is good. He gets a little Yoda at times, which mm-hmm. like is a little bit camp, but also a lot of fun if you're trying to act old. Like that's there's a there's an acting shorthand there that really is effective. When he starts to get crouched over, there were parts where I was like, Man, it kinda looks like he needs a cane. Yeah. Yeah. And I would I I liked that it looked like he needed one. Yeah. So I thought it was a real strong episode for Alexander Siddick. I also thought like this is a weird thing to call attention to, but for props this was a really strong episode for that. All of the tennis balls on set, all of the balloons that they needed to keep inflated for long periods of time. Like yeah. it seems like a challenging props episode. Like they they were winging bar stools across Quark's bar. Some yeah. fairly dynamic prop work here that I think could easily be ignored, but but really good work here. I think the message here is super strong and it was something that that actually really touched me. Bashir, by the end, he's reached that point where, like, in the beginning, he was resentful of of reaching an age milestone. But, like, that moment you turn your life's choices from regrets into a thing that makes you who you are, like, that is a big moment in any person's life when you can turn that corner. And that's, like, that's what, yeah. that's what growing up is. And to yeah. see him both embody that and articulate that at the end, I thought was a pretty strong and good message and and well done by the character and the episode the button on the episode is uh, Bashir visiting the station's tattoo parlor <laughs> getting a no regerts across his chest <laughs> ask Chris Brenner how he feels about uh, tattoos <laughs> I'm Chris Brenner Brenner information systems you know interface operations net access channel 90 Chris Brenner. <laughs> yeah, he's back, baby. <laughs> uh, Adam, I watched this episode two times. Yeah. I, I watched once to take notes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like uh, we had planned to record it like last week or something. And yeah. I felt like enough time had gone by that I should watch it again. That's smart. And I really enjoyed it the second time. Just uh, just watching it through. So I... I uh, I I feel like maybe I had a more medium to negative reaction the first time through, but the second time through, just watching it with no notebook, I uh, I really enjoyed it. So I did the same thing, and I definitely agree. Uh, ben, one thing that yeah. we're in agreement on is that now is the time to read priority one messages. Oh yeah. What do you say we do that? I'm into it. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Need a supplemental income. Supplemental income? Supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah, it's extra. But the interest alone could be enough to buy this ship. Adam, we have a couple of Priority One messages here. First one is of a personal nature. And it is from Daniel of the long last name. And it is for Alice the Teal. Goes like this. When you're not listening to the pod at 1.5x dancing or civilly engineering you're always being a damn good friend when the darkness gathers in the twilight of the mind your smile is joy's last bastion wow may you be blessed as you bless all who meet you p.s you think that ben or adam will realize that garrick and bashir are banging by the time this p1 airs what (laughs) 
Boy, there's a lot in there. You know, at first I was ready to really go in on Alice for her 1.5 listening speed in such a way that, like, how great can she be for Daniel if all she's wanting to do when she listens to Daniel talk is, like, speed up the pace of conversation? Yeah. But how Daniel describes Alice is so sweet, I'm reluctant to do that. Are Garrick and Bashir banging in this episode? Is that the implication? There is, for a dream scenario, a distinct lack of sex Yeah. in the story. So, yeah. yeah. Bashir doesn't, like, come around a corner in the nude ever. No. Anything. No, he sure doesn't. And if they are banging, how upsetting would it be to, like, have your lovemaking partner turn out to be a, a monster that's trying to kill your brain in your dream? That'll happen. Sometimes that's what it takes to get you over the top, Ben. A little, uh, <laughs> little imagination. Uh. About brain damage. <laughs> Nothing sexier <laughs> than brain damage. <laughs> ben, our second priority one message is also of a personal nature. It is from Mubius. And I'm pronouncing <laughs> it because there's uh, the two dots over the O. Oh. And uh, the, the message is for you and me. Oh. Message goes like this. Thank you for your awesome, cool, and informative podcast. In parentheses, my first one ever. Wow. And for giving me yet another reason to watch TNG and DS9. All other podcasts are so much better. You're going to be really excited. Yeah. Also, thank you for your wisdom and helping me on my never-ending quest to answer the age-old question, what do I hate more? A Loxana Troy episode or a Grand Nagus Ferengi episode? <laughs> you guys are the best. Rock on. Hey, thanks, yeah. Mubius. The, uh, the French call that accent le tréma. <laughs> Just uh, how would you were wondering. How would you say their name then? Um, I don't know. I mean, I might just say Mobius, but... Yeah. Hard to, hard to know. You can't, or, you can't be blamed for saying it wrong if you say it Mobius. Yeah. They always use that in the, in the New Yorker when there's two vowels, two of the same vowel right next to each other, mm. like reenactment. They'll put a diuresis over the first E. Mm. You get a subscription to the New Yorker, Adam? <laughs> I'm just thinking uh, about how much I need to put a diuresis on the end of this episode. <laughs> what, do you say, what do you say we bring it to a close, Ben? I'm into that. If you have a priority one message of a personal or commercial nature, you can take it on over to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron, where personal messages are $100 and commercial messages are $200, and they reach a fuck ton of people. You have no idea how a many- A friendly p- group of DeSotos. Yeah. <laughs> and they help with the ongoing production of our program. Thanks, guys. Yeah, they sure do. Gotta get that, get that gold press Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. And uh, I just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen because these are very low-dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry-level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good. 
And they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen, so I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order, plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. One of the amazing things about making The Greatest Generation is getting to see all of the cool, creative stuff that the Friends of DeSoto make when we do a Code 47 episode. People send in handcrafted stuff all the time, and they send in their books, they send in paintings, they send in uh, crochet work. It's so cool. And uh, I want a few more of you to have websites to direct us to in those letters. I want you to put your beautiful work on display for the world so that when we get to look at it, we can tell people where to go to get a look at it themselves. And you don't have to know anything about building a website to build a website these days because you can use Squarespace. It'll look beautiful no matter what kind of device people are looking at it on. Hell, you can even sell stuff using a Squarespace website. Don't make your cool, creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com slash scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Hey, Adam. What's that, Ben? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? I sure did. And much like you, I had a Shimoda the first time I watched this episode that was very different from the one I found the second time through. We're just going to go with the second time through Shimoda, which is, there is the scene where, I think it's post-McLaughlin group. Bye-bye. Where they they tune the radio to what's yeah. happening to Bashir's body in real time. And they overhear a bedside conversation that's happening between Cisco and the nurse in the room. And it, yeah, and, and, and Dax, right? Like yeah. Dax is administering stuff to him. The thing that's clear in that scene is that Bashir has three hours to live. 
Yeah. And Cisco, after hearing this, says, that's pretty tough. I'll be in my office. (laughs) (laughs) Cisco is down his chief medical officer. And instead of doing anything like hailing Starfleet Command, maybe blowing in a call to Bajor to see about getting their best medical minds to to pay a visit to the station, decides Uh to just go into solitude and spend the next three hours in his his office. (laughs) Cisco, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, do anything besides nothing right here. I thought that was... And that is not fantasy Cisco. That is Cisco Prime. Making, That's the Cisco of the real. Yeah. I would be deeply upset if I were the Bashir at the end who lives through the matter. Like, I think I would want to go visit Cisco in his office afterwards and have some words. What about you, hmm. Ben? Just adjacent to Cisco in that scene is uh, Nurse Jabara. The Bajoran nurse that we've seen working with Bashir several times now, and nurse nine hundred two one zero lines, yeah, and uh, she's in the dream world. She's nursing with Cisco in the dream world, right. but she does not represent anything but nurse. <laughs> 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 like for the only character in the dream world that isn't, you know, like there's the sick and dying people that Cisco is there to, you know, and it's pretty obvious that those are representations for the sake of establishing what Cisco represents. But the fact that she's there also and like doing nurse things, she just represents nurse. She literally represents the same thing in his, in his uh, subconscious as she does in the real world. And uh, I thought that that was a nice incisive little, like this is what Star Trek does to women characters sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, I don't know. Uh, make her a nurse. In Jazz Horse, there's uh, yeah. there are hundreds of of what are what are known as non-player characters, and uh, yeah. and the nurse here definitely feels like one of those, like someone <laughs> that you can have only a very shallow interaction with. They're not meant yeah. to be played with in any any substantial way. Yeah, she's uh, she's not part of the mission. She's just there. But she was like, she's just- howdy. And the nurse is... <laughs> Hi there, mister. <laughs> That's a good girl. <laughs> ben, what do we have coming up on the next episode? Uh, the next episode is season three, episode 19, Through the Looking Glass... In a parallel universe, Cisco must assume the role of his dead counterpart in order to save the mirror version of his late wife. Ooh. We're back in the mirror universe? It yeah, seems like we a, were just there. It's a, it's a mirror ep. How many mirror episode eps are there in Deep Space Nine? Are there a lot of them? You've I seen this kind of a bunch. series. Okay. Great. I love these. Yeah. I'm going to uh, log into the admin side of gach.biz slash game and uh, queue up our dice roll. We are currently on square 44 of the game, looking at a uh, traveler square and a, and a space butthole that could land us on Fuck It, We'll Do It Live hmm? in the squares that we potentially land on. You're required to learn as you play. Roll. Tell me when you're ready for me to roll it, Adam. Roll. 
I have rolled another one. I think that's two consecutive ones. So. Tula! Did I win? Hardly. We're on square 45. Still in the danger zone for a traveler or a space butthole. But uh, we're just inching along here in the game of buttholes. The will of the prophets. I love that uh, there was an elite hacksaw out there that told us that uh, that the code to the game is sound. There is no. Yeah, they went they went in and uh, and looked at the at the number randomization yeah. algorithms and uh, gave it a clean bill of health. No shenanigans. Checks out. That's nice yeah. to hear. You want a second so. opinion on that stuff sometimes. I miss doing drunk episodes though. It's been such a long time. Uh, we'll we'll get some of those. I'm sure. Yeah. We'll just we'll just kick off a run of like eleven drunk episodes in a row, and we'll hate life. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, that would suck. One reason to love life, Ben, is uh, is the constant support of the viewers of this program. Uh, if you wish to support the show on an ongoing basis, you can go over to maximumfund.org/slash/donate. Yeah, get yourself on a uh, on a low low cost monthly plan. It helps pay for the server space and and download numbers for this show. It's a costly thing to put this thing out. It's a uh, it's one of the ways that success has cut the opposite direction. Uh, yeah. It also uh, keeps us eating and Ben going to therapy. So yeah, uh, we appreciate all your support. Um, it also. Uh Yields you some uh, some fun bonus apps. There's uh, now two greatest gen holiday apps in the uh, in the donor feed, and uh, a whole bunch of other greatest gen episodes also that uh, are only available to people who support at the five dollars and up monthly levels. And um, if you if you'd like to get access to those, if you've got if you've got more poops to take to uh, keep clear of your family this holiday season. You want something to listen to, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, I'm just going to be specific. $5 a month, I think I think most people can handle that, and that would make a meaningful difference to uh, to the show and its ability to continue. So uh, if you've got it, $5 a month is a great way to support the show. And uh, yeah. please do if you can. Please. If you would like to support the show in other ways, there's a bunch of ways to do it. You could tell a friend, uh, recommend the show to a family member or whatever, and you can also go on Apple Podcasts and leave a nice review. Uh, that really helps our uh, our numbers, and uh, we really appreciate everybody who does that. You can also join the Reddit or the Facebook group. Not that anybody should be on Facebook. You can uh, talk about it on Twitter using the hashtag GreatestGen. Our boy Bill Tilly is on there every week making trading cards of, uh, of jokes from the episodes, and... Uh, uh, they are one of the most delightful things that exist in the known universe. So I highly recommend checking those out, even though Twitter is also garbage. <laughs> yeah, Bill Tilly's the best. Thanks, Bill. We gotta thank Dark Materia, who made the original theme music for this show. Didn't even realize uh, they were making theme music when they made it, the Picard song, but then uh, we came along and, and, uh, and took it, but then got permission... <laughs> After the fact, and uh, now uh, our our boy Adam Ragusia, the Goose, makes a bunch of uh, custom music for this program that uh, is all inspired by that original Picard song. And uh, we got to thank Adam Ragusia as well. I love the music on this show. 
So yeah, many check people. Out his to... SoundCloud. He's got a. He's got a lot of the songs from the show up on there. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Ben, we have so many people to thank. This is like a. This show has been like a Katamari Damacy of of like gathering great friends. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Yeah, it sure is. So thanks, uh, one and all, everybody, everybody out there listening, everybody that supports in all the different ways. Thank you. And with that, we'll be back at you next time with another bad episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine because it's the Mirror Universe (laughs) and another great episode of The Greatest Generation because it's also in the Mirror Universe (laughs) I see what you did there Right? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.